Welcome to episode 77 of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Whoop whoop. Mo and I are nice and close together today. Yeah, that's why I'm sweating so much, buddy. Yeah, because I'm steaming hot in this fiery (laughs) shirt. Um, Man, I'm really excited about today. I think we have a pretty cool guest, and this is the very first time that we have a guest with us in the studio. Which is absolutely awesome, which is also why you are so um, close to me. Probably we got, we got to address um, follow all of you worrying about our health. Right, um, yeah. You're vaccinated twice I'm vaccinated, and yeah. immune. I'm vaccinated once and tested. Yeah. So everyone here is like... Everyone's here is tested or, or vaccinated. That's just to true. be sure. Yeah. Just so that's... And we hang out all the time anyway, so... <laughs> so if we were going to get it, we would have probably yeah. gotten it from each other already. Um, but no, I'm really excited about this and anything that we want to run over before we introduce our guest. I'm not sure. I mean, we could also just annoy our guest with our personal stories. Yeah. What did you have for lunch? <laughs> no. <I love> personal <laughs> stories. <laughs> um, cool. Then let's not waste any more time. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado from Brazil to here in Munich, we welcome you to Makul. <laughs> Yeah, I'm man. So, I'm so used to that. Like, <laughs> the full I feel, experience. I feel at home now. <laughs> man, home so is where the applause is. Home is where the applause is. We should is. print that on it's shirts. Oh, that I'm never oh. home, dude. <laughs> never home. Oh, home that, that, like, that's an eternal search, right? For the applause. Yeah, you go. Cool. There's approval. Like so the you're approval. always searching for home. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, I'm, I mean, I literally <laughs> moved abroad in search of it. <laughs> and I'm still hunting it down. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so my cool. Nice Hello to there. have you here, man. Welcome. You're the very first guest in house, man. This is an honor. Like this looks amazing. I gotta say, I was already excited when I got the invitation, but when I got here, I was like, Whoa, this Dude, is cool. It's nice to finally be able to like show this off to people because I mean, I think it looks good on YouTube and I think it's nice, um, like in general to be here. It's fun for me no. to be here, but I feel like the guests so far, um, like Morgan and Georgie didn't really get to see it. So much. they get to see this one angle here yeah, because but- um, probably we can, we can leak that. If you're a guest via zoom, you'll see us through that camera. Okay. And the issue is when you do it, so it's a bit, uh, weird for our guests that we, we get, get over zoom. Because obviously they see themselves on the screen there and it's kind oh. of an endless loop. Oh. So they rather yeah, see that, like that than the, the beauty. effect. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, it could be like an aesthetic choice <laughs> of the podcast. I mean, if this was really artsy, <laughs> like really artsy, artsy. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're already talking forever, so why not just we already know what to add do. that to the, the, the optical level? Uh, man. So I guess the obvious question right off the bat is you're living in Munich for how long now? I'm living in Munich now for almost seven years. Funny story. I didn't think I was going to stay seven years. I thought I was going to come here and stay six months. But then I just like was caught into the web, like the, the Munich spider web. I think you know what I mean? It's super like, easy to stay. Right? It's yeah. super easy to stay. Yeah. Well, like, well, so how was it for you? Because when the first, the, when I first came, I saw it as these like little incremental windows. It was like, Okay, I'll go for you because there's like this three month visa. Like I'll come and I'll try it out for three months. Yes. Right? And yes. then there's like, oh, you know, if you do this language learning thing, then you can do like nine months, I think. So I was like, oh, I'll do another few months. And then it became like, oh, I should really 
work on getting a visa because I'm, I'm going to stay for, mm. you know, for an, an indefinite amount of time. So how, how was it for you, like coming for six months? And Yeah. So to, to me, it's exactly like this. I feel like there's almost like a, <laughs> a Munich uh, lifetime plan where it, like you come to Munich and you first get, you're faced with that, with all the difficulties that, that are there. Right. So like yeah. speaking another language or learning the, another language and so on. And, and the system is also kind of difficult. So you feel like, Oh, I don't belong here. They like, they don't want me to be here, yeah. but there's also the excitement of being away from home. So like you kind of put it in, in, a, in, a, in a, like in a scale and then you're like, ah, kind of nice. I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. I had, I had a, the opportunity to come here with a job searching visa, which lasts for six months. How does that, how does that work? A job searching? So visa? for Brazilians, there is an agreement. Uh, I don't know how it is nowadays cause it's been seven years, but I, I think there's still something like that. Okay. And it's like, a, it's, it's literally a job searching visa. If you're, uh, graduated in university and you have like a relevant profession mm -hmm. that like they're they, they searching for in Germany, then you can actually come to Germany with a job searching, job seeking visa, right? Oh, that's and crazy. then you can stay for six months because the, the issue is everybody comes here as a, as a tourist and they're like, Oh, awesome. I want to <laughs> stay, but you can't, it's right. not legal. So uh, with a job searching visa, you can come. And if you find a job, you can stay. Like if you're a tourist, you have to go back home oh, and like, you're not even allowed to work. Right. But with a job seeking visa, you can actually stay if you find a job. So I, I came here with that excuse. Oh, I'm going to get this, this visa to come and, and stay with at the time, my girlfriend, uh, to stay for, um, six months. And she had a, she had a job at the opera. She's a dancer. She had a job at the opera and it was like, kind of gonna, gonna end at that time. And, and I thought, Oh, we're going to go back to Brazil. Like she likes Brazil. We're going to go back home. So I yeah. just spent some time there. And I remember like when I left Brazil, my mom kind of crying and saying like, Oh, you're not going to come back and so on. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay six months. And I, here I am like seven years later, I built a life. <laughs> and your mom is just, she's <laughs> a pile. It's just an ocean of tears. Like, I knew you were never coming back. Okay, I knew exactly. My mom. What, like my mom, you know, it's just like, you're going to move back to Tennessee one day. Right. And I'm like, I, I wish I could promise that. I really wish I could. Yeah. And, and, and now the funny thing is like my mom, uh, so mom, you knew that I didn't come back home yet, but, uh, she, she, <laughs> Sorry, she was really, no, but really like I, I thought I was sure I was going to come back. And then, yeah. and then the, the issue is like, then every year Brazil became more difficult in a way, like politically, mm -hmm. economically, like things were crumbling already a little bit. So now, now we see the effect of all that. So this is like circa 2014. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 2014. And then, um, yeah. And then my, and then my mom was saying, you better not come back. Uh -huh. You know, like she was like, like, like to protect you. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, don't come back. Like it makes no sense. And then my friends were also like, Hey man, like, why would you come back? You have a nice life there and so on. But then oh, again, good friends too. back to, yeah, exactly. Back to the story. Then I came here and with that job searching visa. And then like on the last month when actually my visa expired. Yeah. So I, in the, in the last month I got a job offer. Finally, I applied for a few jobs. I was not applying at all. I was a freelancer. I was like, yep, I'm going to stay here. And then we moved back to Brazil. But then I realized <clears throat> my ex-girlfriend at the time said, oh, I got a new offer at the opera and I want to stay. I want to stay longer. Like <clears throat> there's this cool job offer and uh, this cool choreographer is going to come, blah, blah, blah. And I realized all right, shit's getting real. I need to figure myself out here because yeah. if I want to stay, I need a visa. And then I applied for a few jobs and so on. And on the last month I got an offer, uh -huh. friends of friends, you know, connections. And I ended up making good connections there. And then I got the job and 
actually, I applied for the visa before the time was right, so I'm not illegal, have never been illegal here. <laughs> oh, we're gonna check in on that in post <laughs> before we launch this. <laughs> and then and then I yeah, and then I applied for the job and so on. But then the 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 Center for Immigration didn't reply to me at all. So my, my oh. visa, uh, literally my visa was gonna end on Thursday and we were on like Wednesday uh, on, on today, Tuesday and Thursday, my visa was gonna expire. And I was like, guys. That's terrifying. What is happening? Like, I don't wanna be like deported mm. back home and not being allowed to get back in right, because yeah. I have a relationship here, right? So, and then like I wrote and you know, I couldn't speak so good German. My ex-girlfriend had to, to like translate everything Dude, for me. Been there. Yeah, been so there. everybody who immigrated to Germany, I feel like ha have has has like some sort of like love and hate relationship with the KVR. Which is uh, oh my god! <laughs> on the very but you don't have to be an immigrant for that. No, no. that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's it's universally hated by all in a very no. equal way. Um, I actually, actually, a, f a fun fact, and I, I hope I'm, I don't get caught about it. No, uh, well, I have a, I have a permanent. <laughs> this is like you know, like, no, in like intelligence is on us since they first read the name immigrants. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we get scanned for everything. Yeah, so let's talk about music. <laughs> but really, like uh, uh, one of the, the fun, uh, a funny fact is one day I got out of the Kafaya. For those who don't know, Kafaya is the or the the place for immigrants to get legal and documentation here in Munich, and uh, I had such a bad experience. I got like, it, it was always like that. I never got there and I felt amazing when I left, except for the day I got my permanent residency. Because then it's like, you just go there, pick it up. And then you're like, well, I don't have to come back. What was like you your know? worst, your worst KVR experience? Do so you have like one that really sticks out to you? Ooh, I, I guess like, so I, I had two, like two very bad ones. Once, so my very first visa was very complicated because like, it seems like they make, an effort to not tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. So they say, oh, it's online. And then you do everything that's online and you get back there and they say, oh, there's a document missing. You gotta go back home and you gotta get, figure that out. And then you go back home, you figure that out. And then you have to go to your employer and then they figure it out for you. And then you go back there. And there was a day, I swear to God, that was me, my ex-girlfriend, my employer and my mom, she was visiting me. And like the four of us went to the Cafo Air together to like try to sort it out. Welcome to Germany, you know? mom. And it was like, yeah, exactly. Like and, the and then my place. mom was just like hanging around and enjoying the parks. And I was like, okay, I, I gotta go there. And she's like, yeah, I'll go there and check it out with you. And like, she, she, she saw the, the fact that we had to go to the Arbeitsamt and then Cafo Air and then Arbeitsamt again. And my Dude, employer yeah. was there with me. He had to do, I, I, I'm not kidding. He had to change my title and my salary like there so that they could see, Hey, listen, I want to have this person working for me. Just That's make this thing work. Right. No. And it was, it was, employer. yeah, he was super cool. Like he was a very cool guy. He went with us and it was, it was very nice. And then that was one. And I remember like my ex-girlfriend was crying all the time. She's like, Oh, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. You have to go back. And, and I thought that there was a moment I thought, man, I got to go back. Like this is, this is terrible. Yeah. This was bad. And then another very bad experience was not necessarily with me, but it would, and I don't know if we should be talking about this here because like, <laughs> I mean, they're the listening in. No, 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 but like, uh, this is, this is, but I feel like I, I do understand that. Like I do have empathy towards those people. Like they, yeah. they have not such a fun job. Like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's stressful, right? It's a lot of people coming it's, there wanting to sort hours. out. It, and if, yeah. if you think about it, it's, it's a life situation. Like you're immigrating to a country. Everything is difficult. You bring your emotional baggage with you. And then yeah. you throw on those people, right? Ah, why don't you get me my visa? Yeah, yeah. But then like I was one day there and then uh, 
same thing happened. Documents that I needed, they didn't mention. And I, I got there and I was like, oh yeah, you need to do this and you need to wait for some day. And I was quite pissed. But then it, the worst happened to a person beside me. So I was in the room and there was two people, uh, two um, like people that worked there helping like yeah, yeah. us. And the guy that was helping me, he was super nice and he helped me with everything and everything got sorted out on my side. But then beside me, there was this guy like... I don't know where he was from, but he definitely didn't speak German and with his sure. family, like wife and kids there. And then a lawyer from his company there uh, came in and the lawyer was basically translating everything. And then the woman at Kafa, yeah, screamed at the lawyer saying, you cannot speak English here. He has to speak oh, German with me. On, and then he man. said, uh, I'm sorry, like he doesn't speak German. Yeah. Well, but this is the, this is the like German place and you wow. have to speak German if you want to stay in Germany. Like, so she really screamed at him. I've heard that in there before. Yeah. yeah and then he, like, he was really a lawyer and he said, uh, I'm sorry, man, like what you're doing is wrong. And sure. I'm a hundred percent sure that you don't have the rights to do it. And you clearly could see that she was just unprepared for that situation. Maybe she couldn't even speak English, which I find it incredible because it's the center for international workforce. This is the thing that throws me off about that place is yeah. like, they know that every single person coming in there, every single one of them is likely to not be great at German. I mean, to, yeah, for, yeah, for, to sure exactly. not be fluent. unless Especially in the beginning, like, right? Yeah, unless they're like, you know, um, ling linguists who have studied the language yeah. and moved there for the language. You're 90% sure to find most people, like most people there will not speak the language. So this like intense aggression and like the, the, the obstacles they put against the people going in there just, for, I mean, they don't want to go there. They don't want to bother you. They don't want to deal with the paperwork. They're just trying to go home and like, be like, okay, paperwork's done. Yeah. Like, you know, how yeah. can you help me? And they're like, I don't want to help you. I don't want to deal with it. I don't yeah. want to, you know, it's like, it you know. happens. Yeah. But I can, I can uh, like understand a little bit the frustration on both sides. Like yeah, I do not too. being able to express yourself, whether it's the, the immigrant coming there, not being able to speak German or I don't know, like you mentioned the woman working there, not being able to speak English. Like, mm -hmm. why don't they just like, because I like thought for a second, a why don't, why don't they have people working there who speak better English? And I thought, okay, probably people with a good English level probably go for other jobs. But mm. still, how can Maybe, they? But how can they not teach the people already working there? Why can't like that be giving a them courses. Yeah. It could even be a requirement. Like if you're no. going to study for this position, English is like a part of just a part of the program. Yeah, but then I'm not sure if so many people that like what I want to say would do it that that are good at English because they probably find other jobs. Like for for the, for these jobs at KBR, is it is it not like a is it not like an established? position? I'm not sure in about government? that. Okay, but. Also, my experience isn't obviously like um, in, in other German cities is rather called like Bürgeramt, etc. So it's not just for immigrants. Also, like when I went, when, when you move in, um, like within Munich and you go to a new place and you you get your like like your, your new address official or anything or you need a new passport, whatever, you always have to yeah. go there. And obviously, like I have been in situations where people next to me had the same struggles and my experience and only my experience that like the people I heard definitely didn't were that good in any other language besides German. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's only my, my, my experience as well. And can we even judge them so much for that when it's like, no. And I think to know? me, like it, it's a matter of time, like 
come on, we can like technology is there. Like, let's do this online. Let's make it easier let's for everybody. And let's give those yeah. jobs that like, like let's get other jobs for those people. I, I, I don't yeah. know. Like I'm not here to, to save the world, but like, it's really, if you think it's about it, catch up. it's time to catch up really. Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of documentation work and, and I do get it. The, the, cause one thing that I was super like this, strikes me a lot in Germany is that like privacy is this big thing. Of course I do understand that. Mm -hmm. And then, but in every area, right? So like banking in Germany, when I arrived here, it felt like I was in stone age compared to Brazil. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. We have a lot of fraud in Brazil because we try everything. Like everything that comes out like technology wise, let's Brazilians are just like diving deep in, oh, let's do this, you know? And then banks are like, actually Brazilian banks were, 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 um, I can say voted, but like they were uh, named as like some of the most technology, technological banks. Like there's a, a huge, uh, a company there, like a bank now, a digital bank in Brazil that just got like billions in investment and so on. Like, because they, they really like just gave it a try. There might be more fraud and I do get the privacy part, Yeah. but like, I guess like Germany would do a favor to, to its, to its like social environment. If things would be easier or if we would just, uh, use technology in our favor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but the, that's one That's especially. one of the big topics also for the for the upcoming election. But the thing is like for the past, like 20 years plus, like since since maybe late uh, 80s, early 90s, 90s, it started to be a thing that in office you have computers and stuff, like starting from that point of, of, of the oh, digi yeah. digital age. Yeah. Like this country is a pretty old society and has always been ruled by pretty old people. Yeah. yeah. Like in, 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 in like maybe politicians or, or people on boards of, of, of huge companies, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a strong, strong, I think strong conservative thinking about such things like, okay, we have a running system. Why change it? Mm -hmm. And now we're in a situation mm -hmm. where we are really confronted with, yeah, there, there is a real need to change it because it could make things so easy. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, I saw a TVP piece on the news about uh, um, Gesundheitsamt, mm -hmm. like health office. The health ministry, a health yeah, office. Um, from Berlin. And they mm -hmm. said like with, with test results, et cetera, and registering everything, mm -hmm. they lose, he added it up and they lose one day a week just because they have to fax everything. Oh my God. <laughs> Give me a break, man. Okay, this podcast's over. <laughs> I'm going back to Brazil. Can we make but this yeah, a physical product we mail <laughs> to the listeners? Because yeah, maybe we transcribe it and make a book out of every, every of this episode. And then, yeah. they might, then they might get But we won't use software to transcribe it, but we have someone like handwriting it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only, I mean, it's so crazy. It seems like in every department in at least in Bavaria, but probably in most of Germany that it, like the things you want done are the things you expect just are like 10 years behind or more. No. Mm. You know, like, the, like the data, I mean, the data protection thing, I even kind of respect, but in, to an extent, like you said, it's in every industry and it can be really exhausting to, yeah. have to fit into that program when coming from Brazil or coming from America, it's like convenience is key. Let's try things. Let's make it a bit like easier. And like during, during the pandemic, it's kind of a stretch to say this probably, but like I want the context to be right. But the, the one thing I enjoyed about the way the world had to change for that mm. was that some things, a lot of things became easier, like mm -hmm. meetings, appointments, getting paperwork done, dealing, I had to deal with the some during the pandemic and like doing just things over phone call, just things over PDF yeah. was kind of like, oh, finally, yeah. 
I yeah, didn't, but, but I, I find it kind of frustrating that like it needs those like humongous occasions for big companies or institutions, at least what I experienced in Germany is to realize that like, like with, with, with online meetings, like since when has there been things thing? like Skype, et cetera, like 15 well, years, et cetera. Yeah. But I do get that. It's not only in Germany that like the yeah. whole pandemic changed everything. Yeah. Right. Like the way we do business, the way we do like meetings, the way, like everything really yeah. like yeah. It, it does, it does make like, my my job for I'm, I'm not only a musician as that's as what i wanted to get to yes, because so. we talked about, about the, 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 the the digital age in germany um and you mentioned so we know you're an immigrant yeah but are you an Nazi fat immigrant and we can say yes in two ways i guess yeah and yes <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah and yes <laughs> he's a jokester <laughs> oh <laughs> oh we got to like we got i missed that soundboard <laughs> I mean, like, because both what? of the, 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 like your main job and your music. Uh, I, mean, I mean, artsy. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I would, I would say like, it's, it's funny because yes, music definitely. How is stripping artsy? <laughs> yeah. So, um, for those who don't know, uh, it's a there's a nightclub in Munich that uh, <laughs> is struggling a lot to survive now with the pandemic and there's a, there's a GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. PayPal me like we're not uh, working. No. So like, um, I'm a, I'm a designer, right? And I come from graphic design and art direction, which is, I would say more artsy than what I do now. Okay. Like now I'm, I'm a product designer, UX designer. So designing uh. basically user experiences in, in applications. Right. And although you'd like to think, oh, this is artsy because yeah, you do move pixels around and you do like draw beautiful things sometimes and you get illustrations together, animations, blah, blah, blah. It's not really like, I feel like it's more, it's, it's way more into the, mm, like technical or yeah, more like more on the, on the psychological side of design than the artsy part of design, at least like you user experience, because you really need to understand users. You need to understand people and you need to understand ah, what they do and what they want. And then you need to build not only a beautiful screen, but a beautiful screen that works. Works for anybody. Exactly. For like okay. that, that is accessible. And that works for their purposes. And if you think about building a product for older people, then like that older people can actually use it because we think like, oh, we're, we're not digital natives, but we're almost there. <laughs> Giving away our ages. Like we, <laughs> we're almost there. And like, we, you know, like we, we, we know how to use it and everybody knows how to use it. But like, if you have a product for a, like a little bit older generation, like my parents, right. it's already a completely different thing you need to think about when designing. So it's not like, oh, I'm an artist. I'm going to do whatever I think it's beautiful and put it out there. And they're going to like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess on that part, it, it's funny because I, I do feel that I have these two very different spectrums in my brain where like sometimes I can be very analytical and think in the psychological way of doing things. And kind of like where I found that my art, my visual art skills would fit better because mm -hmm. I was an art director before and I liked it, but I realized, oh, I actually like more the human part of, of this design thing. And then I like leave it, I leave it when it's, uh, when it's, when work is over. And then I focus on music, which is then like, who am I as an artist? Do you, do you find like your skills in, in, in design like overlapping it all into your, maybe your ways of marketing yourself as yes, an artist. Yes, definitely. So yeah, this is, this is definitely something that helps. I come also from marketing. So I studied marketing in, in university. Oh, he's <laughs> so, got all yeah, the corners covered. Full package. <laughs> yeah, no, so I come, like I studied marketing and advertising, worked in advertising agencies for quite a while. Mm -hmm. 
in Brazil, then freelanced for a while more in the branding area, and then migrated into digital design slowly, and then into product design. So I, I kind of covered- Funny thing, you moved to Germany the same time. Yes. We talked about like, <laughs> yeah. how yeah. digital so things work on. here or not. <laughs> yeah, so I, and I moved to Germany in that process of changing <laughs> my, my career. I've always done music as well. So like music has always been there, mm -hmm. but then like the, re the real part of, uh, yeah, putting music out and really like focusing on it is happening now. My own music, right? But like the design part and marketing, like I, I brought it all from from my my yeah my studies and what I actually I started working at when I was sixteen in advertising. So it was very yeah. Uh, what yeah, kind like, of job was that? It was it wasn't as like a junior art director. I was basically I applied. I, I had not even gotten into university, and I saw an opening for an internship yeah. and I applied and the guys liked the application and it was my first agency and they were super cool. They taught me like a lot of what I knew about advertising back then. And then, but then slowly I realized advertising wasn't for me. Like I was, is that normal though in Brazil that they can take people so young or were you kind of an outlier? Oh, dude, have you never heard of child labor? <laughs> I mean, Brazil is big on that. No, yeah, uh, child just kidding. No, just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, it's 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 normal. It's normal. Actually, That's crazy. This is funny because I moved to Germany, and one of the big cultural differences I felt was people my age had never worked before. Yeah, when I moved here, like I was twenty four. That blew me away too. And I was like, people yeah. were still in university and chilling at like thirty two. Yeah. They're still university. Yeah. They're like, uh, just my art, my art optionals isn't finished yet. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking exactly. about? What are you doing? And I feel like in, in, in America, right? Brazil and South America, uh, like there's a lot more pressure somehow. Like you 100%. need to, and, and I feel like in Brazil, the pressure comes from, you better make it. Otherwise you're going to have a shitty life, yeah, yeah, which is sad. Like we don't have the social welfare system that you have it in Germany, right? that you can chill. But, and not chill so in a bad way. Like, totally different. Yeah, you know? exactly. Not chill in a bad way because I, I see people like here, like I, I meet like incredibly smart people here coming out of university without a job, without the experience, but incredibly smart people that had the time to think what they want to do and so yeah. on. And I, and, I, and I actually joined advertising without really knowing what I wanted to do. I just like, oh, I want to make creative stuff for TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and, I got to work. Let's exactly. try that. And, and because, and the fun fact is all my friends went into music. They, like my best friends are musicians, graduated musicians, and I was already a musician. I played with them and so on. Well, fun fact, I couldn't call myself a musician up until I released my single this year. So <laughs> you chose not to, or you didn't want to, what do you mean? You said you didn't call yourself a musician until you released your single. Yeah. So this is the funny thing. I could never call myself a musician out of respect for my friends studies and, and from, from the career that they chose, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was really like, I know I can sing. I know I, I have a band. I know I performed in stages and you I can know. can play guitar. You play piano exactly. as well. Piano, okay. guitar and so on. But I, well, piano is recent, but we can talk about that later. But like, um, I can do all that, but these guys are incredible musicians. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, so like I had this stigma that I felt like, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call myself a musician. And they were all like, dude, you're a musician. Like, like you, you do that. technically are. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I couldn't up until, and, and, and my girlfriend actually said, like, she makes fun of me. Like, she's like, dude, stop calling yourself that. Like, you are a musician, you do that. And her brother is a crazy musician as well. He does that as well. He like supports me. And, but, but it was to me very important to like mm -hmm. make it and release a work related to music now, mm -hmm. which now I can say, okay, I'm a musician. And if somebody asks me, I can say, oh, I'm a designer and a musician. Because right. like, Oh, you're a musician. What do you do? Oh, I'm on Spotify. Go check it out. Well, dude, so it's like, yeah. you know, this, this feeling of like, 
there's so much responsibility behind a yes. title. You know? yes. I mean, yes. I know exactly what you mean. Like even when we uh, first started this, I mean, we've been doing this for two years and I should feel more comfortable saying like, yeah, I'm a podcaster. Like, yeah. You know, that is, I mean, that is what this dude, I feel is. like a podcast right now. <laughs> I mean, you're killing it. I, I think you're going to steal yeah. my job, <laughs> but like, to, he's going to be the guest next time. But you know, I would say like, I would say like, Oh, I, you know, like this language fits your, the language fits your mentality towards what you do. So instead of saying like, I'm a podcaster or I'm a musician, you might say, Oh, I have a podcast or like, sometimes I play music, no. you know, because you might feel like, my, like, for example, we, our, my friend Vivi, who we've had on the show before, is exactly one of these types you're talking about. Very well-studied musician, extremely talented, like beyond anything I'll ever know as a musician. So when I'm next to her, I'm learning a lot, but I also kind of get insecure inward. And when someone talks to us about like projects we used to have or something, I tend to describe it maybe putting myself, not putting myself down, but like lifting her up way more because mm. I don't want to be like, I'm not in the same field. Yeah. Is that, know you the know? feeling? Yeah. but then she'll come up and be like, why'd you do that? Like you wrote the song, you're a songwriter. Why don't you say yeah. a songwriter? So this is what I was going to say. We can take the root of the songwriter because like, that's what made me more comfortable to call myself a musician, to be honest, because I, I write songs and I write songs for a long time already. I have a bunch of songs written that nobody ever heard okay. and, and, and that I'm really excited to, to share, to publish, not like songs that I never even played to, to my friends and family. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then I realized, okay, there's a ton of talented musicians who can play anything, jazz, whatever, but they cannot write songs. There really like they have yeah. difficulty writing songs. And this is yeah. what my best friend told me, like, dude, you write songs like, you wrote these songs that we played on stage. And with my, my band in Brazil, I, I, I wrote like pretty much, I wouldn't say all, but like most of the songs that we were actually recording for the second album, which never came out, mm -hmm. but uh, due to problems with the band and we, the band kind of like dismantled itself after, after a while, but uh, the songs were there and they are still there. Actually there are songs that are recorded that I never released. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, okay, this is also being a musician. Like a songwriter is yeah. technically a musician unless unless it's just literally writing the song, then it probably, and the label doesn't really matter, right? If you think about it. Because like if it's turning no. into music, then then it's a musician. And and I heard a, a nice phrase these days and I, I'm sorry, I cannot credit because I don't remember really where it was. It was in a video on YouTube or something. But like, like you are what that what you do, right? So if you like getting your guitar and playing music and recording stuff and then, if you even if you're just using your Instagram to release that, yeah, like technically you are a musician. You can call yourself that because the f the thing is, if you're effectively touching people with what you do mm -hmm. with art, mm -hmm. then I guess you're effectively effectively you're like, a musician. Yeah, yeah, because if your music touches people and like with with the the, the release now from my song, I I've never gotten so much like positive feedback right. and reassuring feedback that I'm like, yes, this is it. I'm on the right course. Like I'm doing the right thing yeah. because people that I didn't talk for ages or people that I didn't even know are there and are starting to follow me and are starting to support me. Mm -hmm. And you realize, okay, my, the, the work that came from inside, from deep within my soul, mm -hmm. the words that I wrote and the melodies that I created with my voice and then produced it and I released it are out there touching people. And they are making people um, feel something. Yeah. And that's what art is all about. Yeah. yeah. 
so then you can call yourself a musician, I guess. Like, so if you, if you, and not only then, right. I, right. I, I think like there, there's not a, there's not a level, oh, there you can call yourself a musician. But for me, that was the important part, like having this, okay, I know I can do design because like I get paid for that job and, and I have a boss that says, oh, you can do a good job. So, oh, designer. I'm a designer. Yeah. yeah. And then now like the reassuring feedback from people saying, dude, I love your music. Like I add it to my playlist and I, I like it and I'm listening to it. And people sending me pictures of them listening to it exactly. or videos of them in their car. Exactly. It's like, dude, your heart explodes. Man, like, like people that I don't even know their face, how they look like are literally like sending me videos of them or making videos with my song as a soundtrack on, on Instagram. Yeah. And then I'm like, that's crazy. This like is like the best feeling, right? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But it, it, it need, needs these moments. Because I, I, I had a pretty similar experience with what I do, like being a journalist. And I don't know, that might be different in Brazil, but in Germany it is a big thing that like legally everyone who publishes anything can call himself a, a journalist. Like it's no, oh. there's no certain degree for that or no protected job title has oh, to wow. do with the Nazis. Really? Like, yeah, you don't want to... To, to, to build a form of elite that controls the media, et cetera. That's why oh, that basically makes a lot of sense. if you, if it you release, sense, yeah. if you release something like this podcast, you could call call yourself a journalist and that makes you struck a quite a lot. And I, and I, and I started Am I a journalist for being on this? He's a journalist. <laughs> um, We're all I'm a journalist. journalist. Um, a journalist. Yeah, please hire she me. Is. I can make very great um, um, articles about your business. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but that also makes you like, just like, because there's, there's no like, degree for calling yourself a musician or an, an artist. And, and I had that same experience because I, I, I started here at the station and you always feel like, yeah, what you're doing here is like, like playing something that other people like real journalists do. Mm -hmm. And it, and it kind of worked on me for quite a while until I, I realized being out as a reporter with like people I thought were real journalists from, from bigger news outlets, et cetera, and realize somebody, okay, they're basically just doing the same thing. The only difference is that the, 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 the outlet they work for reach probably re reaches way more people. Mm, I get it. But what they do is the same thing. And I yeah. guess it's like probably pretty similar to what you described. Yeah. But if you think about it, this is, I guess where it comes, like, this is the part that gets interesting. Music is what you said. You don't really need a diploma or, or a degree to be a musician, right? If you make music, you make music and that's it. And art in general, if you want to paint, you can paint. And if yeah. somebody likes it, you're a painter, right? right? And that's where I think art could, like the problem of art valuing itself, yeah. valuing itself. Because as a musician, we're passionate about what we do, mm -hmm. right? And then in, in, in if you think, like, I think a lot about business when I think about music and like, not music business necessarily only, but like business, because I come from the business side, right? So yeah. I think a lot about this, like, what is it that when we go and spend our time at work uh, and give basically our lifetime to a job, mm -hmm. what, what is it that, val that, that is so valuable that we get paid and paid well for what we do, right? right? And what is it that in music or in art, you don't have the same value for it. That's interesting. For it. Because no. like, because, because, and I, and I feel it has to do a, a little bit with the exploitation from capitalism mm -hmm. of passion. Because if you think about it, it's magnificent to have artists that are passionate about what they do. Yeah. And they will do it for free. 
and they would do it at any time and they would do it in despite of any conditions. No. Like I would not work as a designer for anybody. Well, I wouldn't say anybody. If my mom asked Full me to do stop. something. <laughs> no, like <laughs> my mom without, asked you to do a birthday yeah, card for my, my sister. I'll send an invoice. Exactly. <laughs> no, but really, like uh, I, I, I realized with my, so I can put design in, in this box. Like I yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. I've been instructed on how to do it. It offers value to a company. It creates, it generates value, right? Yeah. And it has a price. What is the price for the art that comes from within you? Man. So That's like it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. No. Because I'm, and I'm just beginning on music and I'm like, I, I guess like the music business, uh, gurus or like the A&R from recording labels and all these people, they probably know already what they want and what they know that is going to be, uh, um, profitable, but sure. But like as an artist, you usually, and, and that, that's what happens to a lot of musicians also in major labels, I guess I've not been there, but like some that like leave the major labels saying like, well, I can't do this anymore. Or like, I want to be independent again, yeah. or artists like Prince that like after a while became independent again, like, because they realized, and I, I guess the music business is not like that anymore, but they realized, no, like I'm, I'm being exploited. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Right. And I totally understand the music business. It has to survive. But then it's, but it's not easy. It's tricky, man, because yeah. you're getting like into the guts of artists and you deciding what value that has. Yeah. Right. So well, actually speaking of your art, should we take a little look at your most recent song? We can look at. Sure. Is this like official summary over the right no. <laughs> I think it was that guy. Um, so tell us just a little bit. Um, so this is your new song, Something New. Yeah. Yeah. When did you release it? I released it like um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, Friday the 11th of June, mm -hmm. which was um, one day before my birthday. Oh, nice. So I decided to give it myself. This is the thing, like this whole storytelling, right? Coming behind me, like I need to call myself a musician. And I realized, oh, it's going to be a great birthday present to myself if I start my 32nd year of life as a musician. And then I released on go. the 11th mm -hmm. and the 12th was my birthday. And that was it. And it, it felt great. It felt and right. I already know you did some pretty interesting things like promo wise about it. Oh, yes. But um, I'd say we first listen to it. Yeah, let's take a little look. <laughs> Have you asked yourself, are you ready to Excellent, man. I really, I really, really love, um, like, so you, you, you produced this with your friend Sebastian, right? Yeah. Sebastian Gampel. Man, this, this like MIDI bass mm. in there, the free, it sounds so cool. It's so and many like, layers. It's a lot of layers. So you hear it really great with headphones. Yeah. So Basti is, is this, he's like this, I mean, great friend of mine. And 
since we met each other, we realized, oh, we should do something together. Mm-hmm. And that was like when I just moved to Germany, to Munich. And yeah, we always wanted to do something. And then he was actually mixing the stuff from my band in Brazil. So when I was still in Brazil, I was in contact with him and he was mixing some stuff. And in the end, as I said, it didn't work out uh, with the band. But then we stayed in contact. We was like, oh, let's try to do something. And one day I just invited him over mm-hmm. and jammed some of the songs. We I played some of my songs like, dude, let's produce this. And he's this guy, like if you go to his profile, uh, he, he, he's like a guy from the, from the synth wave age, like from the eighties. Really? So he loves that kind of stuff. Like a lot of production, a lot of stuff. And sometimes I even have to bring him down a little bit. Like, <laughs> this is too much. And, 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 and we kind of like, but I guess we find balance. Like I, I, I think like every time we, when we both knew the song was ready, like we both knew the song was ready because it was not too much. It was not too little. It was like, uh, where we wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, perfect amount. Yeah. And the, 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 the bass, like, um, a fun fact, like I always love to play with live bands, but I'm learning with him to like, let go of that and just think music as like music, music is music, right? There's a song I wrote, what can we do with it? And it could be a band, but it could also not be a band. It could be like everything, uh, in the box, right. As like produced, uh, in, without like a live band playing. And then I kind of like got open to that idea. I always had like some sort of prejudice with electronic music when I was younger because I came from like heavy metal bands and stuff. And I love this, wow, playing live concerts and only live playing musicians are the real musicians. Yeah, yeah. Stupid childhood and and thinking that way. But then like I, I realized, wow, there's so much that you can do with the production value and so on. Yeah. And I have to say like Basti has a crazy left hand on the piano really? where is the bass area, right? So- he has crazy bass lines that he brings in. And the next songs that we're releasing, which are part of a kind of an EP, they are way more into the groovy spectrum. So okay. they bring these groovy things and these groovy tones, also bass, uh, also synth basses. And uh, I'm looking forward for you guys to hear it. Like it's going to be, going to be yeah, very really nice. I saw like, cause you ha- you guys had done a previous interview uh, for M94.5 and I, mm. yes, we got to say that that's also, a, I know that another story link, about right? that. We can add a, a link here. So you guys actually had done an interview before on M94.5 and you, 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 um, showed like the new song, something new. And then you talked about, you have another single coming called damn dream. Yeah. Right. But one of the most interesting things in that conversation was that you mentioned that you and this producer Sebastian have built your own studio. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I'm, I gotta know more about that. Man. Yeah. And it, like, it, it, it's, 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 it's a funny story. We, uh, Basti, <laughs> we started producing something new actually in Basti's home studio, which, uh, which I, I swear to God, it was like, th- this was the size, like this hallway, this, this little space here. And, and from you up into this plant here, and that was the studio. So it was a hallway, like a little corridor that he like, is- like isolated somehow acoustically yeah. and very poorly, right? It was just like a home studio, but that's where he did all his stuff because he did like all the synth wave stuff and it could be done just with MIDI control basically. And you could pre- pretty much do everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where we started producing something new. And then Basti was like, man, we got to get a room. 
Like we gotta find a room. We gotta find a room to produce our stuff. Like we gotta have this studio. Also because he got a, he got a baby, so he, oh, he nice. had he needed another room for the baby, which would would be that studio room to like leave, like his home studio room to leave some stuff from the baby and so on. And and then he started searching places and he, he just calls me one day, dude, I found this room. It's amazing. It's an underground room. There's like concrete above. So the neighbors are not going to complain. It's in like, we can isolate it well and so on. And I'm like, yeah, let's go check it out. And and we went to check it out with another friend, Yona as well, who's also a producer here from Munich. And, and then we got there and we were all like, Ooh, this is cool. There was a garden in front. It's Ooh. pretty chilled and it's very close to my place, to my, to my, to, to where I live. What's the neighborhood? It sounds pretty like a studio we know. I wonder. In Giesing. What's the neighborhood? It's a Neuhausen. It's a Neuhausen. Okay, no. Okay. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not in Giesing, but uh, it would be nice if you would be in Giesing as well. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... Um, because Giesing is kind of more alternative, right? It's like, well, like chill. It's a little more like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm on the other side of the river. <laughs> but uh, right, Neuhausen is like close to the Olympia Park, a bit up. If you That's go to cool. Westfriedhof, that area. That's next to my place. Hey, there oh, you go. Cool. Nice. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I can't spell the, I can't, I can't pronounce it correctly. The station there is the tram station at the Dachauerstrasse called Windrichtring. Windrichtring. Genau. That's yeah. an impossible word. Yeah. Windrichtring. Yeah. So it's there. Okay. At that station. Right there. And then, um, yeah, we found it and, and the place was amazing. And then we're like, okay, what do we do now? Like, let's build the studio. Mm-hmm. And I'm impressed with what we got there. Like it's, it, it went so well. We built everything by ourselves. If you go to my Instagram channel, you can like just do it like, <laughs> so but actually on my Instagram, uh, you can subscribe, actually see. hit that notification bell. <laughs> we actually haven't already opened here, but we wanted to show something else later on your Instagram account. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know already what you want to show. You probably do. I do. You probably of do. Of course I do. Uh, sure, I, I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for, for being shown. <laughs> uh, so no, but like the studio was, yeah we just built it ourselves and there's kind of a time lapse that's what i wanted to say there's a time lapse of us building it and we built it ourselves with our hands like the, the acoustic panels and the walls and the ceiling is like like we we hang like we hung some panels on the ceiling and we made it feel super cozy like a, a nice bedroom of an apartment with a studio inside and it's amazing like we just love to go there and spend time and actually like whoever of these artsy fartsy immigrants who want to record and need to record some stuff and want to try some things. It's a tiny, of course it's a small studio, but their structure for, for recording vocals, some guitar and, and bass and piano and synthesizers and stuff. So you can actually pretty much do everything there to produce like something new was produced there and the song sounds good. And I'm getting great feedback from other producers. They're like, well, this sounds pretty good. Where did you guys do it? So I guess we should show the the time lapse real quick. I wanted to say, uh, yeah, I wanted to say, um, how far down is it? So we can show. Oh, it's on the highlights. It's on the story highlights. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. So behind a BTS, like behind the scenes, uh, there. This mouse is really, there we go. It should be loading. Yeah, so this is, oh, this is Chrissy, Chris Holzhauser, the drummer from Moop Mama. And he's also recording with us and recorded some of our tracks, which are coming later. But if you keep on going forward, 
more. This is <laughs> this oh, is Steph. Oh, this like so. This is this was a this was this is the my my brother-in-law. Oh, so he's okay. a jazz musician, and he recorded some string, some like big bass for some of the tracks that are also coming soon. And this was at at Basti's home. This was like, uh, yeah, this was his place, and it's a tiny little. You see, like the wall is right beside him, and the other wall is right beside him on the left side as well. Uh, so there's so really windows. like a pocket. It's like a pocket crammed in. There. It's a pocket, and like acoustically, it was of course not great. Uh, but that's where we started everything. And literally he was sitting there on the table with the computer and I was sitting on the chair behind him. So that was it. <laughs> that was the space we had. And I we used oh, yeah. to sing on a mic, turn to the wall and that was it. And then actually we recorded, uh, everything again on the new studio because we realized, um, Love me and let's tour inside our studio. Okay. This was like just the empty room when we got there for the first time. Oh no, no, no. This is Basti's place. Yeah. Should so I you go, see, should I go back one or no? No, no, no. That's it. Oh, so okay. th I was just saying, Oh, we're going to tour inside the big studio and that's it. That's the studio. <laughs> like this was this was a Basti's place, and you see, like it's a wall and a wall, and that's it. I like how he's kind of looking at the floor, like, all right, my yeah. cool. Thank you, thank you for sharing. Third my take is the right life. one, huh? Yeah, and the baby's there and stuff. Oh, but yeah, uh, and then like if you move forward, like there's uh, the the time we fi finally found. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So for people listening to this podcast, we're ah, showing some we funny go. images. Yeah, but oh, here, yeah. here that's it is. a good is. reminder, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it started like that, empty room. Oh, here's the time lapse. And that's uh, the time lapse, yeah. Basically, who's, we built everything with wood. Who's and the third friend helping you guys? Yona. Yona. Yona, he's, um, he's also like a producer. Uh, he's known as Volt Age on Spotify. That's a cool name. Yeah, and he, he produces other bands as well. Cool guy, my neighbor actually as well. And we we just basically built it all. So like it took us, I guess, like about a month to Whoa. get done with the studio. Of course, like not every day. We it's a lot of stuff to get in on, there. Only the weekends. And this is like rock cool, just uh, like creating the panels and creating the isolation, the acoustic isolation, insulation. I don't know how you say that. Oh, this is like soundproofing everything. Soundproofing, yeah. Oh, wow. That takes a long time. It takes a long time. But that, that like that, that, that was great, right? So we made it and then things just fit together. And of oh, course it looks perfect. terrible now, but no, then but it's like that oddly satisfying. It's great. Subreddit, yeah. like, ah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And That's this was beautiful. a panel like that we hung up on oh, the ceiling. Almost there. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yona. I am voltage. I am voltage. I keep wanting to say I am voltage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like voltage, I guess. Like that was the idea. And we had also some of these, these panels that were, um, that we bought it, like the acoustic more like, uh, and then we made the bass traps as well on the corners. Oh, that's a good mm. idea. Yeah, yeah. So you need that. Like the, and the room is crazy how the room was sounding terrible when really? we arrived. Like it, you could never record anything. Of course, like it's basically, uh, ceramic floors and hardwood. Hard, oh. hard walls. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. And then like on the time-lapse, you see like it becoming a studio. Dude, I can't believe that you guys found this space. It's not too insanely expensive. No, And you were able not. to soundproof everything yourselves. I mean, that's just yeah. like, so it's such a lucky situation to be in. It is. I mean, we like, of course we- And I guess like I mean, one of the most hard, legit COVID projects. Like yeah, it was a great, uh, and you see like the panel hanging there with LED Ooh. lamps behind. So like we really put some love into it and- and yeah, and, and it's just like, wow. it's just a great place to hang out. Sometimes like I, I, 
when I'm working with design, I go there and I work from there because it's just chilled, you know, sure. just, just not so far from my place. And I can just go there, work from there. But I also think it's a good feeling like for, for freelancers like us or just creative people to not always work from home mm. to go to a place yeah. to work. I yeah. think it's like yeah, that yeah. fresh. And especially now, like, so now I work for a company actually, but still like we do have an office, but we work mostly from home. Right. So, and that oh, is basically cool. like almost like, I guess the ready would you look at that? Ooh. Now you got the finished lights yeah, up. You we got, got some you got funny chairs. LED lamps and everything. Dude, the, the lighting changes the whole game in a studio, oh, yeah. doesn't it? It's so necessary. Yeah, look at this. We have these red lamps the, here. Everything is beautiful. The face I make when I know my songs are almost Oh, that was a different one. Yeah, so that's already like behind the, the song. Uh, yeah. Well, so since we're here, I thought I would show you. We have to ask about this one. <laughs> I guess it's a video, but this the still frame here got me. It's a video, yeah. So what was the inspiration behind this? Uh, Hello world, there's my butt. <laughs> now this is going to go viral. <laughs> yeah. Let's get I wish we podcast. had like a... Out in the world. Can't even whistle. Hmm. So what's the story behind this? What, was this promotional or just for fun or... Fun fact. I was in Portugal with, the, uh, with my best friend. We were traveling surfing. And uh, I knew I was going to release the song. And I was thinking about the strategy on how to release it, what to do and so on. But this has nothing, like now it has, but it had nothing to do with, oh, my release plan, nothing. It's just that like, as, a, as an independent musician, you need to be active on social media. Like this is oh, how yeah. you got to promote yourself. There's nobody else doing it for you. Right. I don't have a label and I, well, I'm my own label basically. Oh yeah. And right, so I'm doing everything. And I was a, a, a while ago, I was still like in this, oh, I don't want to be on Instagram all the time. Like it's kind of, because it, it drains you. It really does. It really yeah. drains you. Like, right. So, I, but I realized, okay, I have a dream and that's related to music. And that's the world now that I have to, I have to adapt. If I want my music to reach people, I have to adapt and I have to be on Instagram. It's finding that balance, right? Yeah. And, and, and I realized like, okay, every time I think about something cool that could be content, and could be nice to share with my, I'm going to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is what I think like most of the influencers do on a daily basis. Like they, sure. they basically film their lives the whole time. Yeah. And, and then like we were get, going to a beach to find some waves and go surfing. And we found this road that was literally empty. And, and, th and that's the ocean there. Like, in the it's distance, super right? idyllic, right? It's like, it's the ocean there and you're running to the ocean basically. And, Dude, and there's no end to Honestly, this, this is an album cover. It's really yeah. a beautiful right? image. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, and then, and then we were with a car and I said, dude, I have an idea. I'm going to run <laughs> naked in this road and you're going to film me. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And He's then like, he but can you run away from me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then he, he had the car and he was basically running behind me and filming it. And then I thought, whoa, this is very cool. I like how it looks. And, and I mean, my friends know me and they know that I like to, I'm Brazilian and I don't like clothes so much. <laughs> I like to remove them as whenever I can when it's summer. <laughs> but like, uh, it's, uh, and then I realized like, oh, this is so me, like running naked on a road. Like I want to do this. And then I did it, but I didn't think about social. Oh, how am I going to post and so on? And then um, something new is a song about change and about the, the moment of like that you're facing change in your life and you're yeah. scared as fuck. And you're like, ooh. Um, I remember the way I felt when I, when I wrote the song and it was like, man, I got to accept it. No. It's time to leave my past behind me and face that this is a reality, that this, this is happening. Yeah. And what is happening? We can talk about later, but like, <laughs> and, and that, that was it. Like I, I realized this has like, 
well, I, I just try, try to get creative. Like, how can I use this as a piece of nice content? And then I wrote like, not a poem, but I wrote a, a, like a, a text. I wrote something that related to change. Yeah. And I could, man, I managed to write and change will strip you down and get you naked. There you go. And I'm like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to use that video. And then I made like this video. I don't know if you guys want to so, show so it. So does like, this have the music under it? Or is it, or is it, what's the audio like on it? There's, there's music, but it's something new. It's like oh, the, okay, cool. the beginning of the song, the introduction of the song. Just want to make sure we can use it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here it is. Sorry. Since when do you hear that voice saying you should go that way, but instead you keep on looking away You're from really it. hoofing it too. Yeah. Change is going to strip you down from all your beliefs. So you had to censor the side of your hips where uh, everything's swinging out, right? Change will catch up. Dude, it's like the most idyllic uh, your biggest image after. from yeah. a song. It's like, like instead of our, our red backdrop, we should just like loop that for the next I mean, episode. Just this, just <laughs> this. Royalties, man. If you... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my mom uh, worked hard on that. To, to make that happen, right? <laughs> and who, who does your normal photography? We you got some very beautiful headshots here. and Yeah, so uh, I have a ton of photography that is, co that, that is coming up. Like I did a nice photo shoot with friends in Brazil. Dude, look it's, at this building. This is great. Yeah, this, this was in Portugal as well. That was my girlfriend. She like, she took those pictures with my phone. And I have to say, like, she supports me a lot. And she like, when she sees a nice place, she's like, oh, stay there. Let me take a picture. Because she knows That's cool. I'm after that. Like, I really want to You need build the images. content and images yeah. and so on. And it's always good to have, like, a, a stock of some photos that you yeah. use, like, down the road. So if you're just out of content ideas, exactly. you have backups. Exactly. That's always good. Yeah. So, and then most of my, like, the photo shooting photography was done by this this collective in brazil it's there there are two friends of mine and they're incredible oh, you, you are on tiktok oh, i, I looked for you earlier i couldn't that. find it <laughs> don't share that with people that are on tiktok oh. no i'm just kidding <laughs> i am on tiktok but like i just started i've just started you and just started. i i really want to i find it extremely addictive but it's like you said like you need to use problem. it to promote things yeah but it's it's i think it's really hard to find that balance with tiktok i mm -hmm. think it's so unbelievably far more addictive than any other platform I've no ever it's used. incredibly addictive it's insane and, and the thing is what is the content that you want to put on TikTok, right? This is what you have to ask yourself most of the times. Cause like, I love jokes and making fun and being funny. And I do like that, the, the, the fact that I can, I can make people laugh sometimes. Right. And then I felt like, Oh, TikTok is something for me, but it's, it's super hard to really find what you want to do there because yeah. everybody's already doing so much. And you look, and then you start watching and you're like, Oh, there's so many good people. Should I do something? But then in the end they say, well, if you're a musician, be on TikTok. And well, I, I still, I still didn't find what I want to do there. Maybe I'm going to, I had a few well, I started. find super yeah. funny. Sorry to interrupt you there, no, but no, that you found this spot. Like, and, 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 um, that has nothing to do with my music. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, is, like, like Jordan has, that's a lot of TikToks actually, which are kind of immigrant related. Maybe we can show one or two. You oh, also sure, have them yeah. on your Instagram. Yeah, that's true. Um, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is it has nothing to do with, with his music. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's a I musician. He is there. It's ridiculous. The videos get the clicks, etc. but not for the music at all. Yeah, but it's a completely say, different but it like web matter. character. In my opinion, it doesn't matter because that's it really you. Doesn't, dude. Like you're doing that, right? But but let's look. Let's just, I hate to just look at numbers, but I find it like I mean here, horrible. You like you have about. you have your TikToks in your format, like what you do, like German words, and then you put one up with a music video of you, and it has like oh, yeah, the music way less the music like stuff clicks. gets nothing. But see, like these are just about German words. 
And sometimes it's like 40 or, I mean, it's just, that's cool for me. It's insane that this is 85 for that. I mean, it's just insane. This um, is cool. Yeah. This I mean, is cool. Sometimes but it's just go a, up to the, to, to the music stuff because that's what I, oh, I music, still don't get where I don't get algorithms, but see then music stuff is nothing. Like I just released a new album recently and I, I used, so like, yeah, simple swimmer by Jordan Prince is just like two and no one really, <laughs> no one really wants that one. Yeah, no, but I totally get it. Like I think on TikTok you're not really building uh, like your posts go to so many people that you're not like, they're not related to what you do. It's simply right. for the fact that it's there. Like it's really like to consume that content. Yeah. And for example, there are, I find it very difficult. Like this is why I said you need to find what you nail on TikTok because yeah. I see these profiles. Like there's this one profile that I found. It's like a, it's a Nigerian guy and he teaches how to pronounce certain words, you know certain Western words. Do you know what it's called? I don't remember what it's called. Like I just follow it, but I don't remember what I can try to. Is it an African guy? Yeah. Yeah. It's an African guy. I can actually try to find it, but, uh, to be very I'm honest. saying English words. Yeah. Like he, he, um, let, let me find it here. I, I got it here. Oh, TikTok. Is uh, it JJ Kenny? JK Kenny? Wait, wait, maybe. Okay. Uh, TikTok notifications. I ever, uh, <laughs> It's, it's like, they but, make but, it so hard to just know, navigate the app because this man, starts a You can video, never, like, oh, no. you basically can't leave anywhere. It can go anywhere, right? And, and this is the thing, like, uh, so what I was trying to say, he found, he found what he does and what he does is basically, uh, yeah, JJ Kenny. Yes, it is, that okay. guy. Yeah, and he basically says, pronounces words in, with the Nigerian accent. I think it's Nigerian. Mm -hmm. If I'm not wrong, like, I, I don't remember, but like how to pronounce these words in this. And look, 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 like he has 1.7 million followers. And if you see his, his videos are exactly the same. It's literally just. To pronounce yeah. numbers. Five. Five. Six. Six. It is funny. Same. 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 Igit. I, I. <laughs> so that's it. And every single video is the same. Yeah. Right. Every single video is exactly the same. And, 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 and I feel like, oh, I follow him because I find it funny. Yeah. Sure. How Dude, he does that. And, so million views. That's just and then, and then to me, like, this is it, right? This is it that he felt like, that's it that's for him. Thing, yeah. Right. If he starts saying like, Hey guys, I'm an artist. I make music and I would like you to listen to my music. He has a gigantic audience, yeah. but probably when people see it for like, because, because literally TikTok, TikTok puts your post to so many other, yeah, this guy is incredible. This, you he's, know, Kabi, Kabi. Yeah, of course. Dude, this guy is okay. the king of the internet. He's the king of the he's internet. Got, he's, what he's, is he, what's he doing? He's, he's got more followers than the actual Instagram or TikTok apps. Like more, he's got more than Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, like wow. this dude is, He's the king of the internet. And what is he doing? Dude, it is the simplest idea yeah. in the entire world. He figured out this perfect thing. He, he, he duets a or he, um, stitches a video. There's a, someone, <laughs> someone being like, um, oh no, I got my shirt zipper stuck on my, on my jacket. Yeah. I'll just show you. And then he just, he just, uh, he just finds this perfect way to make it look really dumb what they're doing. Um, 94.1 yeah, million views. What the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's, that's really so someone's using a tool here to grab a cherry and then they're using that tool to pluck out the stem. So he sits there and he goes like, well, why don't you just grab it and pull it out? <laughs> okay, I see. And he does this with his hands like, 
Why? <laughs> and dude, that is it. That okay. is it. That's all he does. That's all he does. He finds some dumb things people do and then shows them the easy way to do it. Oh, this one. This was. So some guy's pouring milk and Oreos into a Tesla. You want to act like a fucking baby. So he's there. <laughs> With a, with a coffee cup. He's just like, do that. <laughs> okay, I see. You know what I mean? I see, I see. Okay. Like, yeah, he's basically making fun out of and dude, people. It's like uh, a bad video for him is 20 million. Yeah. Views, you yeah. know, it's like, what? But, 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 but to get that back, like to, to you being like <laughs> musicians and so yeah. crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's a different world now. Like if you want to, like if you want to have, there's, I think you have to separate things now. Like if you want to have, uh, do you want to have like a career as a musician or do you want to try and make a career with a, with a, do you want to have like an internet following? I think it's, it's not really like one in the same anymore. Yeah. But what, yeah. what I see and still, and still wonder about is like, or is it, or is it actually something different you, you, you experience because there are, you have quite an audience, like your TikTok has grown, your Instagram has grown so much, like at least doubled itself, the, mm. the audience mm -hmm. you reach. But have you recognized any impact on, on your, under the, like how, how, like how many people are listening to your music or anything? I don't think they could give less of a shit, honestly. It's, to your music, you mean? Yeah, it's insane. Mm. Like the people that liked my music before the TikTok videos did well, uh, are the same people. They, they still find their way through and like the numbers are what they are and they're totally cool. And I'm definitely happy with the people that that do listen to me. I'm happy for anybody that listens. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. I and, um, for every, you know, for every CD sale, I'm like, Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then when these TikTok videos started getting more popular, I thought, Oh, and also everyone tells you, they say, Oh, this is a great marketing opportunity for your music to channel it through that audience. And I tried it maybe, I don't know. I've, let's say I've made like 80 videos, maybe in like five of them I've tried to, to push music in some way. Like, I tried different techniques, like making a video clip and replacing a video with one of them or doing a normal video that I do for TikTok and, t and, you know, tailing it at the end with something musical related yeah, or yeah. even just putting the song in the bottom. Yeah. I find, those videos I find are it, always like, yeah, no, I, I, I find it like tricky as well. So like on my Instagram, I have one reel that got like over 10 K views. And, and 10K view, it was like 10,000 views on, I don't know, within go down. Like, yeah, you see my reels are like super low in views and stuff. And then you go down, go down, go down. They're oh, 11K. 11K. So like, what, what did I do there? I basically woke up and I sang a song. Just for naked. <laughs> could have been a fighter, holding my fists a little tighter. Finding my breath, saying love, you did me wrong. You know why I think this is all, by the way, first off, beautiful voice. But do you know, you know, you know why I think videos like this do better and why TikTok is so much bigger than, than Instagram these days? Because Instagram became so perfect and squared off and, and so polished. Like it became so not yeah. reality. Not, yeah. And TikTok is so raw. There's so many like pimply faced, like true, definitely like random sporadic thoughts someone has and they film it. Sometimes it's really good. Like this was just you, like, I guess on your, about your, in your house, just. No, no, I was traveling. It doesn't matter. But like, the thing is, I think where I got it right. I mean, I'm not saying I got it right, but like how crazy this went is that song had just been released one day before. Ah, so that's a good idea. And it's yeah. from an artist that like uh, an Australian artist that I just discovered and I really like his voice and his music. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to sing the, 
I'm gonna do my spin of his song, mm-hmm. which is like that 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 high voice that doesn't exist in the song. I just did it myself, and like because I felt this is what people might want to see. They might want to see like oh somebody just singing and that's it. And and mm-hmm. and it was cr- and I didn't think too much. I woke up and I did that video. Yeah, because I'm like oh it's been a while. I didn't post anything. I'm just gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And it went crazy. And then the day after, I'm like oh I'm gonna sing again another song, and I did exactly the same. And there's like. It that's, didn't that's go anywhere. You that's know? the thing. It's like, I mean, the, perhaps the song was, was also connected to that, that popularity, like at that could right be, moment. Yeah, but dude, there's something like just TikTok in general, whatever the, whatever the style is a video that I think people choose to make, whether it's like 10 crazy facts you sh- you're not hearing about, or if it's someone just playing guitar, there's something about that raw, like truth to these, to most of these videos of course there are professional filmmakers making things for it too, but like this, like when you have that teenager who's playing like an acoustic version of a Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers song or something, yeah. there's just something raw about it that I think people m- want from social media yeah. that Instagram doesn't quite give them anymore. But what I wonder, because we, we have seen this quite often, like we, 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 or at least I heard the same story about Instagram versus Facebook. Like at some point, okay, Right, like Facebook. Like Facebook this. has developed its rules, and like, 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 like big companies know what they're doing there, and it's more about like um, just reading and receiving, and not not so much about personal stuff anymore. It's also about mm. the change the algorithm. Another story, and like the more raw stuff is happening on Instagram, and now it sounds like right. the same process is happening to Instagram and moving to TikTok, and now I wonder, okay. How long can can TikTok ho- hold up to that? And I and I, I think it, it is in the in the nature of this thing to not be because people kind of crave for for going viral, mm-hmm. and for no. that you, at some point you need some form of professionalism. I, I mean, looking at you, right? I yeah. mean, it's it, I, I I I guess at least it's another game you doing these German videos than it was like with the first ten. Like yeah, you developed they, routines. If you watch that first twenty. I do something different every single time until it gets really like clean. Yeah. And now like the editing has a formula, the way that, you know, everything is like, yeah. And you have, and you, and you have a certain number of videos in mind that you want to post, like to feed the algorithm, et cetera. Right. Uh, okay. And I wonder how, how long, like can, can, can TikTok hold this, this momentum yeah. of, of it's like being marketed as, okay, here's the cool raw shit, like real life shit happening. And when will it lose it? Probably. I think it already lost, to be honest. Like, and I, and why am I saying this? Not because TikTok is bad, but what we're clearly doing. Probably TikTok is bad if you look at who owns it, et cetera, but that's another story. Yeah, no, but this is what I'm saying. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. Like uh, with social media, social media in general, it's, it's, it's pretty much a full-time job, man. Like you probably know. You have to it's have a, a plan for your content. You have to release content pretty much every day and you have to like try to make it engaging. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes all that thought that, that goes into creating the content removes the authenticity. I try to stay authentic as much as I can. Okay, I put it like sunglasses in the morning to sing a song, but because I like that those sunglasses, I got it from my girlfriend and she said like, oh, these are your artist sunglasses. And I took it for real. Like, yeah, I'm gonna put it when I sing. I'm singing like the morning tunes, which is something I do every morning. I record a song just straight out of bed and my voice is shitty and like, and I just wanted to be like how I would sing a song to my girlfriend waking up in bed, for example, right? Yeah. And I do that and I feel like even if it doesn't have a lot of engagement, it's something I like doing also because it keeps me active making music. Mm-hmm. But, exactly, yeah. Uh, and learning new songs and stuff. But like the thing is, 
I realized it's, it's a full-time job, man, but you're not getting paid for it. Yeah. You're making the money for somebody else. So like, that's why I chose to leave all social media. Yeah. So, so yeah, he deleted every, I understand. Thing, I understand. Amazing. And this is the thing, like as independent artists, we're kind of, and, and I tell you this, uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but A and R labels, a and R like managers and music supervisors and all these people from big mm -hmm. labels or even small labels. Mm -hmm. They say, Oh, you just have to be an authentic artist and so on, blah, blah, blah. but grow your fan base. Yeah. And yeah. then growing yeah, yeah. your fan base is basically yeah. like get people involved with your music. And, and basically say, you want the label to grow your fan base and they tell you grow your you fan base first. Yeah. 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 Well, like, I, I don't think the labels is the label's job to grow the fan base because you never grow a fan base without being who you are. Like, so yeah. if they, ch if they, you could, Right, they could make you into a product, yeah. but then you have to stay somehow. with that product. Exactly, but they do have the marketing machine, the money behind. Exactly, it. that's right. what they I could, mean. They could yeah. help with that. Getting for things sure. into these big editorial playlists, for exactly. example, or because like it, once you're in an editorial playlist, man, then like yeah. your music is going to be heard for pretty much ever. I think like the <laughs> second, either the first or the second single from the new album uh, got into an editorial, and it was like it was like Christmas for me. I'd never had that, yeah, and it was just like. I can't believe that like this, you know, it's like, it's like you're saying, like once you're in there, like that's the most played song yeah, that I have yeah. because of that. And I mean, Sebastian, the producer, I work right. with my, my, my friend, he, he has like, his work is incredible in that niche, right? Mm -hmm. In the synth wave eighties niche. It's incredible. He's like crazy good in what he does. And he has one song, which is an instrumental song. Mm -hmm. It's an intro track from his album that got into a playlist and he has over a million streams. That's awesome. Like mm -hmm. with one song. And the others are like, no, it's not bad. It's like 20,000, 50,000, sometimes a bit more, a totally hundred thousand. No. Yeah. But like, but he's been doing that for a while, right? Yeah, and yeah. then this one song just like exploded, Dude, you know? And, and that's it. Like what we're doing in social media right now as artists is trying to promote ourselves with a, a sort of space that is given to us, mm -hmm. which I'm not going to lie, is great. You, you reach people that you've never, you would never reach before unless you would go touring every single weekend into different places and different countries. That's the thing. Right? So we do have the global access now to our music, which which makes sense. Like, like I know people from Italy. I know people, I don't know personally, but like people that wrote me from those places, Italy, mm -hmm. here in Germany, people that I never met, like that are listening to my music. Mm -hmm and giving like, oh, I like your music. Congratulations for the release, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they're following my story, right? That I'm starting now and I'm building this and so on. Right. And the cool thing is like to see people saying, wow, like you're starting now and it's that quality. Right. And that like that's due to the fact that like, man, I, we've been working on the songs for two years. Me and Sebastian needed to find the groove, right? Needed yeah. to find the song and so on. But like, yeah, we're doing that and it's great. But it's also, it's like, it's, you will have to work for free for a long time yeah, yeah, yeah or for, for sure. a while until you really like get to that point where somebody notices and it doesn't need to be a major label. It could be like somebody from a, like an independent label here in Munich. They're like, man, like let, let's get behind that. Let's let's, right. because you, you seem to engage with fans. Right. And, but what is the magic number? What is the magic quality? Is it your yeah. voice? Is it your instrumentals? Is it your face? Is it, there's yeah. so many things that could make a difference. No, I, I just and think, yeah, go ahead. Because the one thing I want already want to talk about before we played your music video, like ages ago is like, what do you actually do in social media? Because I think in this, in this digital place that I thought had so strict rules and I don't experience that often that people break out of it. Um, 
you had quite some interesting promo ideas. And one of them I thought could be pretty, pretty interesting to discuss here because I know also from your side how frustrated you were all the time with Facebook ads. Mm. Oh yeah, and we talked you, about that a little and bit earlier. You did, yeah. did, did something um, pretty interesting with that to avoid just throwing like money into yeah. Facebook's machine. huge machinery. Yeah. Could yeah. you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. Like, uh, so the, um, and, and let's not take the, the value out of Facebook ads, right? Like, so this is where people are, Instagram, Facebook, social yeah. media. These ads that they, like I, I'm, I'm, I worked with marketing and I worked in companies that did this every single day, had a f massive team just doing that. Yeah. Right. And um, these things reach people. This is how you sell products nowadays. Right. So you start a company, you start something and then you basically, boom, you, you're out there with your ads and people are buying your product and this is super easy. So for musicians, it's not, not that different. You can reach a lot of people that you would not reach by putting money into Facebook ads, Instagram ads and getting there. Mm -hmm. So there's value in that, right? Let's, uh, there is, but the money goes to Facebook and Instagram. I thought, Okay, what if I, because I was about to release my first Facebook campaign and thinking like, how, wh what is the public and the audience? And then I thought like, hey, wait, I have a lot of friends and family that would like pre-save my song, mm -hmm. right? They would do like, they would, they would pre-order the song and they would like, get, like to get engaged. I wonder if I get that money that I was going to put into Facebook and I donate that money to an NGO based on the amount of pre-saves I get, if they would get behind that idea. Because there's NGOs that I work with in Brazil that I've donated before, or I participated, like there's this NGO specifically, I even like shot a documentary once there with them and it was super nice. And it's uh, the, the, the person that takes care of it is the mother of one of my best friends in Brazil. And, and I know them and I know they're good people. And I know they're do like, I know the, um, the work is amazing that they do there in my hometown. Okay. And I thought for like, what if I, I like, and then my marketing mind came back, right? Like what if for every single pre-save I get, I donate one buck to this institution. Mm -hmm. And basically what I, what I tell is like, I give the responsibility to the people that follow me. Hey guys, the more you pre-save the song, more money is going to go to these kids Yeah, because I'm going to spend that money anyways because I want to promote my music. I want to be like, I want people to listen. I want to promote it. So I'm going to go there and put it up on Facebook or on Instagram, but I'd rather donate this money to these kids. So like make me donate money, like yeah. make me poor, just like pour your clicks onto my pre-save button and I'll donate that money. Yeah. And I felt like this, this had, this resonated a lot with the people that follows me the people that follow me because like it really people were like, Oh, this is such a cool idea. They were sharing and they were engaging. I, th I thought like we could have gotten more coverage mm -hmm. by the media itself, but man, like I'm doing everything myself. So I wrote a press release about this idea. Hey, like uh, there's this artist in Germany, a Brazilian artist and his songs are going to uh, get money from an NGO. And but, but like I, I I didn't do this early enough so that this could be covered. And so, and now I know like now if I would do that again, I would probably do it earlier enough, uh, early enough so that maybe we have more money into this NGO and more like people pre-saving my song because in the end the pre-sales or pre-saving help a lot Yeah, because people get it uh, like it, it, it's, it triggers the algorithmic playlists and so right. on right. from, from Spotify and stuff. And, and I'm, I'm on the algorithm, like release radars from a lot of people. Yeah, Actually yeah, yeah. release radars is one of the playlists that gets me the most streams at the moment. Sure. So this is awesome, right? If I would have just like put 
money into Facebook and Instagram, it could have gotten me close to what I got. But I heard already from some people that like pre-saves are one of the hardest things to get because it's not yeah. easy. Like people have to go there. It's not just clicking mm. and listening. It's like giving your data and lo lo logging in and then oh, yeah. clicking yeah, there yeah. that you want to pre-save. It's pre like a four-step process for people. It is. Yeah. And, and sometimes it doesn't designer, even work. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't even work. Exactly. Yeah. As a UX designer, to be honest, I know the drop off rates of these people clicking, the more button you have to click and more steps, you like, you give up yeah. very quickly. Oh, yeah. sure. And for me, like thinking I had 400 people pre-saving my song and think like, if you just think about it, like 400 people Decided thought about- to go through the process. For you, <laughs> yeah, for you for and you. for yeah. that idea. And for yeah. that idea, Like yeah. that's awesome. So that's to me, like, cool, yeah. this is what that's I wanna, I would, I would like to do this for every song, to be honest. I don't know if it's gonna get repetitive, but I really don't care. Like if it's for a good cause and people get- Like a different one every time, keeps exactly. it kind of fresh. Yeah. Exactly, so this is what we're, we're going with the next release, I guess. Nice. <laughs> when do you plan, uh, cause I think it's probably a good, good, actually good moment to wrap up. But I would ask like, uh, when do you plan to release the next single? Or do you have a date in mind? Yeah, no, I, I had a date in mind, but I think we're going to shift it exactly because I want to have a bit more time to do everything that I need to do before the release. Uh, I believe in about like a month and a half, which is what the same I said to you. That's why I said like, I, I, I must be on it. I forgot about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, in the radio interview, I said that like one month and a half around about, but then these weeks, like we didn't have much progress because Basti had some stuff to do and I had some stuff to do. And then we didn't yeah. actually go into the studio and we need to finish uh, a few details of the single. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was a nice effect. <laughs> yeah. Just for like, for mastering and so on. But once that's done, then it's like basically a countdown, six weeks and- Cool, man. I, I usually have that six weeks plan. Like in six weeks, I, I, I have the master, I, I send it to the, the distributor mm -hmm. and then it's six weeks count, counting down and I yeah. can just basically do everything like marketing related. And, and let's see where this is gonna go this time. I don't and, know. But what I remember from this radio interview and we said earlier, I guess, that we want to link that because there we played a very short yeah. raw snippet of your new song. True. So if you guys are interested right. in like listening to at least it's like 10 seconds or something. Probably. Yeah. But they're already awesome and something completely different that I would have expected after listening to your first single. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll link that here. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Me too, man. And where can people find you? Well, yeah, I mean, the best place to find me is on Instagram because I am super active there and it's, it's the place I feel the most at home in social media, like mm -hmm. Facebook. I, I, yeah, I'm there sometimes just to read through things, but uh, mostly Instagram for sure. Yeah. It's at Muka Slash. Um, we'll put which, the, uh, which is, we'll put that in there too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so... Uh, I wanted to change my handle to Makul because I should do it. I do own the handle makul.music, but I didn't want to have this dot .music on my on okay. my stuff. But I I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out how it's gonna go. But it's so far it's like at Muka slash and you'll find me. And of course Spotify, YouTube, and and uh, like Apple Music, Tidal, every streaming platform you can stream stream something new. And very soon, Damn Dream as well, the new single. And, and all the other singles that are coming. So there's like five singles lined up to, to come. And the four of them will be an EP. And then next year, full album, hopefully. That's Sweet. amazing, dude. That yeah. sounds great. And by now you're also officially an RC5 immigrant. immigrant. Oh! <laughs> Man. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being open. And Always, man. we will have to definitely bring you back on. Sure. For sure. I think there's so much more we can talk about Munich and immigrants. and Yeah, we haven't touched so much on Munich. And I think. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
maybe this is going to be a trilogy of we'll have whatever. To bring, we'll have to bring you back for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'll come back at any time to talk about Munich because I really want to, I want to help the music scene in Munich to happen in a better way. And I have some plans for that. And maybe you guys can help me and we can help each other. And Munich is just going to win with it. So I love it. Nice. Nice, man. Thank you so much. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. Artsy farty immigrants. <laughs> Which camera am I? I like this one. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> nice. Thank you. wonderful episode if you enjoyed today's episode and you like our show please go to apple Podcasts, give us a subscription or a review or a comment it really helps new listeners find our show you can also follow us on instagram at artsy fartsy immigrants we're also now on facebook and on youtube and on twitter at fartsy artsy no at artsy fartsy pod <laughs> we changed it at artsy fartsy pod so uh yes and if you want to financially support the show you can go to patreon.com slash jordan prince and where you can submit for as low as three dollars a month some money to help us get this show bigger and better just for you thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.